0: Let's go a Viking on Viking Hot Takes. All right, everyone. It's Wednesday, March 31st. Mike Zimmer held a press conference today, and there's going to be, surprise, a four-way battle for left tackle. For Rashad Hill versus Brian O'Neill versus Oli Udo, versus Ezra Cleveland. So I hope Vikings fans are excited for whoever wins that. And I hope you're excited today for Viking Hot Takes, the fast-moving Minnesota Vikings talk show. We've got Luke Braun from Locked on Vikings. We've got me, Flip Mozzie, from Climbing the Pocket. And we've got you, fans, in the comments. So buckle up and let's go. Luke, how are you, my friend?
1: Doing good, man. Thanks for having me on.
0: Yeah, it's a pleasure. You know, you have the uh, the daily Locked On podcast coming out, which I think lets you be a little more calm. I only have <laughs> yeah. this show every other week, so I tend to be a little bit of a firecracker, but I, you I, I, do, listen to your, I do listen to your soothing words, yeah. So... <laughs> So we've, we've given Luke the drill fans in the comments, you know, the drill, Dave's going to put 20 minutes on the clock and I'm going to get started with the first question here, Dave. All right. So let's get started. Question number one, off season 2021 and the Vikings offensive line, obviously the biggest topic, <sighs> cutting Riley reef, bringing back Rashad Hill trading for Mason Cole to replace Brett Jones, and they re-signed guard Dakota Dozier. (laughs) I mean, he's back. So, Luke, just make it make sense.
1: Well, you know, it's going to be a five-way competition for left tackle. He's getting in the mix. (laughs) No, it's a vet min- it's a veteran minimum depth guy. Like, I-, I think as it stands right now, if they had to have training camp tomorrow, he'd probably compete for left guard with Mason Cole, which is not a competition that inspires a lot of confidence, though. I don't think Mason Cole has a lot of trouble beating Dakota Dozier in a camp battle. Um, mm-hmm. But otherwise, uh, it's an unguaranteed veteran minimum guy. If he doesn't make the team, it didn't cost you a dime. So the, the fact that it's costless makes it kind of. To me, just like a low octane thing, but he is like a boogeyman. Like he's public enemy number one, and bringing him back is going to make everybody. I get it, um, but it just kind of it feels to me. It, it, I treat it the same way as bringing like Nick Vigil or some random uh, cornerback from the CFL that ran a four two four at the at his pro day three years ago. It's like it's a guy. i will try to make the team. We'll see what happens.
0: Yeah, and so you're specifically saying that you don't see Dozier in the starting role he had last year.
1: Not it, that is indeed. that
0: right. Without injury. So th- I think that's my kind of fear is like it's week three, you know, Ezra Cleveland <laughs> and, yeah. <laughs> and, and like he comes back. Um, but I guess my question for you is if we assume Dakota Dozier is here to be a backup, is he a good backup?
1: Uh, low end backup, I think. I, I'm putting him on the on the roster bubble part of what like the way I consider the Vikings roster, which is he's a guy that like could make the team but won't necessarily. And if that guy is plan B, then, yeah, no, your group's not good enough. So for me, right. like Dakota Dozer does not add anything to the group that it didn't already have. Um, it doesn't take anything away from it. It's just another guy that people have to beat to like make the team, which like can only be helpful. But uh, yeah, like if he's the primary backup, then yeah, that is not that's not good enough for sure.
0: Okay, what's like the maximum amount of games that Dakota Dozier appears in before you start getting worried?
1: If he starts a game that that then something either too many injuries happened or you yeah. didn't set up the roster correctly. If he has to if come he, in for two snaps in five different games like whatever, right?
0: Right. But if, but if he, he starts, starts a single any games game,
1: it's bad. You yeah. got
0: Cool. I think that answers the question. and That kind of that's a rational view. So I'll turn it to you for the next question.
1: Yeah. OK, so let's get irrational. Uh, who is the least rational? I mean, forget cap, forget availability, forget all oh, here. won't will or won't come here. Anything like that. You, play God. Which free agent comes into the Vikings?
0: Yeah, so um, the the fans on the show will realize that, will know that I'm very offensive-minded, and I think that'll be a theme sure. throughout this show based on what the Vikings have done. Um, so I, it's not offensive line. There's nothing left there. It's nothing on defense because I always look at offense first. Uh, I'm actually a huge fan of this 2021 tight end free agent class. Like I would welcome Tyler Eifert or bring okay. Michael Pruitt back with open arms. So like, per- yeah, Michael Pru- Pruitt <sighs> and Tyler Eifert are both free agents. So like bring them back with with open arms, you know, put them with Tyler Conklin and Irv Smith and let's go. Uh, my other answer on this and bear with me is like, I'm so sick of the Sean Mac- Mannion backup quarterback thing. And there's not much else else out there, but if you really want to go pie in the sky, it is like a Brett Favre like coaxing Philip Rivers out of retirement to back up Kirk Cousins. (laughs)
1: That's Uh, the answer I'm looking for.
0: Because then you have you have competent quarterback play behind Kirk if he gets injured, and even if Cousins stays healthy, you've got like this like sage-like quarterback who can help Clint Kubiak with the offensive scheme. He can coach up the younger quarterbacks on the roster. So it's Philip Ritter- Rivers in Minnesota, final answer.
1: I like that. Somebody in the chat said, uh, Jadeveon Clowney. I like that one for me. Mm-hmm. And this is irrational for a different reason. Bring me Larry Fitzgerald. He's old. Yeah. He's probably not good anymore. And he probably costs more than he is worth. And I do not care. Give me my purple number 11 Fitzgerald Jersey. Give yes. me my water boy features. Give me my Denny green nostalgia and bring Larry Fitzgerald into Minnesota. I do not care how much it hurts the team. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and it wouldn't hurt to t- I I love that signing. It's a it's um like at least go Maybe for it. Still, I guess in you take that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I'll,
0: oh, this is this is going well. I'm loving I'm loving that question. Larry Fitzgerald and Phillip Rivers, if they end free agency with those two moves, like wow. It's it it be oh, a Oh yeah.
1: Chat. Let's go. That that's your um, retirement tour. Let's let's do a Bucks, right?
0: <laughs> right. All right. Question number 3. As the roster stands today, In your opinion, which side of the football has more talent on it, the offensive roster or the defensive roster?
1: Okay, I had to think super hard about this one because I think it's tough. Because you have, if you want to just talk talent, right, and not necessarily polish it, like Kirk Cousins is mega talented, and he's a quarterback. Mm -hmm. And you've got Thielen and Jefferson, tons of cook, unbelievable talent, lots of talent with Herb Smith. But there's that offensive line that is not talented at all. Um, They have a lot of athleticism, but that's not necessarily talent defensively though I think there's just too many there, there just seems to not really be a place where there isn't somebody insanely talented right secondary you know Harrison Smith is is crazy talented I think Cameron Dansler has a lot of talent even though he doesn't necessarily have the size I think he's a really talented corner you've got Daniel Hunter Barr Kendrick it's just dripping what's so I'm gonna go with defense but I have to think really hard about it it's close
0: yeah yeah so You know, rough math, they've they've acquired, they've actually acquired twelve players this offseason, six on offense and six on defense. But the six players on off yeah, but the six players on offense, um, their contract total is like seven million in total, average per year. Mm -hmm. And the defensive side of the ball, the average salary they're paying total for those guys is thirty-five million dollars per year. So The question I think why the defensive is the answer for me is like the starting point. And if you look at like the 2020 defense without Daniel Hunter, without Eric Kendricks, sure, that that was way behind what we had on offense. But once you assume those guys are going to come back healthy, like with Michael Pierce and Patrick Peterson now with Cameron Dantzler entering year Mm -hmm. two, um i they're fine i i think honestly they've misread how heavily they needed to invest on the defense but with you saying the defense is the more talented side of the ball like what are you projecting for them is this like a top 10 scoring defense is this a top five scoring defense where does this go
1: Oh, I'm really bullish on the defense right now yeah. because of the things that you said, not only I mean, I, I think and we'll get into this uh, a little later too, but I think they had a lot of work to do. and yeah. so the, the amount of work that they did, I don't think is inappropriate um and it, I, I think harsh part, part of it is the players coming back, right. Michael Pierce is a very talent but Dalvin Tomlinson is also a very talented player. Barr Kendricks, Harrison Smith, they're all already there. Patrick Peterson, unbelievably talented player, even if he's uh, you know on the on the wrong side of 30. Um, so I think a lot of it is the, the unit that we're going to see, like, if you look at the last four games where the defense was just a complete non-starter, nobody's going to pl- like Harrison Smith is like the only player. And then the corners, the, the two rookie corners are the only players coming back from that disastrous time. Everybody else is somebody who either was supposed to start in 2020 and didn't, or is like a new person replacing, uh, you know, a boogeyman, like, like Shamar Stefan. And now we have Shamar Stefan, mm-hmm. but way better. And, and so I think that this unit can easily get into a top ten scoring place. I, I think if I had to, if I had to bet on an over under, over under, like rank wise, I don't know what normal points is or whatever. But if I had to bet on an over under, I would definitely say they would be higher than the top ten.
0: Okay, I love that Clifford here in the comments is saying top three overall defense with a top I think it's in the cards. Office. I'm high on them. Yeah, and that's like that's a that's without a doubt a playoff team. Seventeen games even. Um, so one more question on the defense. There's a lot of talk of like the last hole fight fans are calling it. Defensive end. Do you <laughs> yeah. want to add something there? Is that a priority for you? Or are, are you okay with like the DJ Wanham, Steven Weatherly rotation across from Daniel Hunter?
1: I, I don't think the edge group is complete. Um okay. Right now, yeah, that I, I think that that needs to be addressed for sure, and that can be addressed in a number of ways, right? And it can—it doesn't have to be, you know, a, a Dalvin Tomlinson size signing. You don't have to go out and get your Devion Clowney, although that'd be kind of sick. Uh, yeah. you know, you don't have to spend a first round pick on it, but I could definitely get behind spending a first round pick on it. It's one of a few options I see with that first round pick. Um, but you could also go get somebody like Patrick Jones, one of the edge rushers, is more of like a day two guy. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, but I do think bringing somebody in right now, him and Weatherly as a competition inspires less confidence than if Adio Denebo did for me last year and that didn't work out. And I think this is an even lesser chance of working out. So, yeah, I think you need another guy, especially if you don't have a lot of faith in Hunter's status, which, you know, obviously that's a totally different question. Um, so yeah, I, I think he, they need an edge rusher, how they go, just how they choose to acquire that edge rusher. I think all the options are on the table though.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hit me up. Question number
1: four. Okay, so the the Vikings, Rob Brzezinski, we all know he's a cap wizard and everything, and they kick the can down the road. We talk a lot about, you know, kicking the can down the road, and they're all in this year. And last year, they were all in this year. And the year before that, they were all in this year. And the year before that, they were all in. They've been all in this year for like six years, right? Mm Because they they keep restructuring. They've restructured Eric Kendricks like every year. They've restructured Adam Thielen. Now they've restructured Daniil Hunter last year. How many years can they keep the boat from sinking here. How many years can they keep getting away with this before the chickens come home to roost and everything falls apart and they have an off season like, uh, like what happened, what's happening to the lions this year, where just everything is darkness or the bears.
0: Yeah. You know, I'm going to sound really pessimistic here, but (laughs) honestly, like my answer is zero. If not (laughs) negative one, like it happened in 2020, in my opinion, um, it, it like 2020 was a lost season. And I think for the sake of perception, the pandemic really helped Mike Zimmer. <laughs> yeah. Like they, they, it saved his butt. I mean, look, we're in March now we're far and away from one in five, but that happened and they yeah. traded away a future second rounder to try and save that defensive roster. And they still started one in five. Uh, they extended their quarterback, gave him $84 million guaranteed just to go one in five. They they kicked, they restructured Riley Reef and, you know, ultimately increased his cap hit for 2021 before cutting him. And they went one in five, didn't even make the playoffs. So if the goal is just to, like, fill seats, then, yeah, they can do this for two or three more years. But if the goal is to like field a playoff contender and not have to fire your head coach, they are at that right now. I,
1: I think I agree with you about the 2020 off season, that, I mean, it was, I think I called the day that Kirk cousins got extended and then they traded Diggs. I think I, I and I stand by this. I think that's the worst day Rick Spielman's had as a Viking. <laughs> and I, I, I don't remember the, the late aughts as well. Cause I was a teenager, but I, Mm -hmm. it's hard to come up with a day that's worse for the franchise than that. And that was a disaster. A couple of those things weren't exactly cap-related, although definitely cap-influenced. But I look at teams like the Eagles and the Saints, and the Saints kind of had their moment now that Drew Brees it, but the Rams too, and all of the void-year shenanigans and all of this stuff. And they are way further up against it than the Vikings are, right? Right. They've got all kinds of dead cap. They've got all kinds of unrestructurable contracts, and they had to kind of go through a a lot of... A lot of pain this offseason. A lot more pain than the Vikings had to go through this offseason, despite being up against the cap as well. With I better think results, the Vikings so. really. S- sorry, well... With, with better
0: results, so.
1: I had one NFC championship and a couple other playoff losses It's about the same as the, the, the Zimmer Vikings have had since 2017, if you want to look at the Saints. Obviously, the the Eagles had their run, but then mm-hmm. kind of a whole bunch of futility after that, a whole bunch of 9-7 and seven nonsense. Um, right. So, I think... If you wanted to be like the Eagles and Saints and just push this thing to its limit and just keep this whole thing together. And, you know, the Vikings, the way they view Kirk Cousins, they view him as Matt Ryan, but 32 and Mm -hmm. uh, agree or disagree. But that's how they see it. And so if you wanted to keep that together and say, I want to build a, a team around our version of Matt Ryan, but he's 32. I think you could do that, get away with that for five or six years before, uh, you know, you you are incapable of constructing a roster. And I think the problems that prevented them from constructing a roster last year were just errors in team management. Not necessarily, ah, but we wish we could have gotten a better team, but we just couldn't afford anyone. No, it was errors in team management in terms of, uh, you know, they, they rolled over four and a half million dollars of cap from 2020 and they refused mm-hmm. to give Darquise Dinardo a million and a half. That's right. just a misplay that you could have done right. that. And, right. and there are moves like that all over. Um, so, I, th- I mean, the 2020 off season was an unmitigated catastrophe. And I said it at the bye when we were one in five. I was like, look, if everybody gets fired right now, I get it. Yeah. They made it past that maybe because of the pandemic optics that that might help. And maybe just because of the general patience of the Wilfs. But if they really wanted to do this, they totally could. OK,
0: well, we'll see. We'll see. We disagree there, but we'll see. And we're tight on time. So I'm going to ask this question real quick. Final grade for 2021 free agencies a lot. I'm sure you're one person who does not think they're finished with free agency, but what is your grade for them right now and how could they increase that grade between now and the draft?
1: Yeah, so I think they're one move away from being done and that's an offensive lineman. I don't know idea who it is. Forest Lamp is like the mm-hmm. only name that's been put out there could be like anyone else though. Um I think if if they ended it right now, if the draft were tomorrow and that were it, it's like a C minus. They are not ready for the draft yet. They need another offensive lineman. They need, um, you know, they they are currently, I think, missing three starters. They're missing an edge rusher starter. They're missing an offensive line starter and they're missing a skill player starter. Um, and I, I think that's one too many to go in with the draft. Uh, if they do get an offensive lineman, I'm really happy with this free agency, actually. And I give it like a, like a B plus, I think. You know, okay. obviously you wish you got more like a Kevin Zeitler or something. You wish you did more with the, offensive line, but they had so many, they needed a corner like nobody's business. They had Josh Metellus starting yeah. at safety. They, they had all sorts of just catastrophic issues and they managed to solve a majority of them before the draft, especially if they can at least get the offensive line to a place where not spending a first rounder there isn't a death sentence.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. I love, I like that answer. It could get up to B plus. I think that's right. If they can get a one more solid contributor, Jesse Fletcher in the comments saying C minus or D plus. But uh, (laughs) we'll see. Uh, Luke, final question.
1: Flip, you don a sleek black turtleneck as you slink silently around the offices of TCO Performance Center. After chloroforming the security guard, you use cutting edge technology to flawlessly pick Rick Spielman's lock and enter the passwords you stole from him weeks ago. Your accomplice hacks into their security system, playing on loop the camera feeds to erase your little visit from the archives. You're in the system, and with just enough time before the backup systems kick in, and you need to vacate the premises, lest you be captured and banished to the same dungeon in which they keep Holton Hill. You can make one move irreversibly, and the team can't do anything to stop you. What move do you make?
0: I'm trading Kirk Cousins. I'm trading Kirk yes! Cousins away. <laughs> and, right. and I'm starting this rebuild over because, number one... um. Yeah, I I went into the 2021 offseason thinking this was a two year rebuild, um, and kicking the can just like you said really really hurts us. Basically, we're looking at win now until 2023, and in my opinion, winning now means like a couple playoff bursts, but not making any real noise or having a chance at a Super Bowl. And I'm a I'm what I call cousin. Well, it's because when you build around Kirk Cousins, you have to nail your drafts. They have not sure. drafted well to pair this with, a, with a, a highly paid QB. So it's time to get rid of that highly paid QB and start over your draft process with just a ton or as many draft picks as you can get. Um, now, I want to make myself clear when I say that. I'm what I call a Sunset Viking fan. And that means that I am here, I am blogging, I'm doing shows, I'm on Twitter because I want this team to win a Super Bowl. And that is the only thing that's ultimately going to make me happy because just years and years go by and the Super Bowl is the only goal I care about. And when that happens, when the Vikings do win a Super Bowl, I'm not a guy who's gonna be, you know, hanging around um by, you know, going to three, four games a year. I am this is the golden age, the build towards a Super Bowl. And right now, I'm just kind of halfway up the mountain and I don't really know what's going on. So I'm ready to climb again. I'm ready to see this team win a Super Bowl, but this current bill just isn't enough for me. And you know what? I even think that Rick Spielman and Mike Zimmer, could do a pretty good job if they get another chance to build without that highly paid quarterback, without Kirk Cousins. So I'm trading Kirk Cousins if I had to make one move.
1: I agree with that. My first thing, if I had that, I would scroll through the computer, see if there's any offers I like. I'm not offloading them for a fourth. Um, but if I get a, an offer that lets them get a new quarterback, I'm I'm in. If not, I extend to Neil Hunter. Pay that man. I don't care what he wants. I don't care if he's asking. If he's bending you over the table, pay that man.
0: Pay that man. Pay to Neil Hunter. And uh, wow, what a show, Luke. Fast moving. (laughs) Yeah, It's been amazing (laughs) to have you on. Thank you for getting in the comments, y'all. I hope you enjoyed having Luke. Mr. Braun, tell him what you have coming between now and the NFL draft.
1: Uh, so right now on the locked on Vikings podcast, we are in earnest draft season. So if you like mock drafts, come by every Monday, uh, most of the show, every Monday will be a mock draft. Also every single day, we're covering at least one prospect prospect of the day, uh, tomorrow on zone coverage. I, I, where I write articles, uh, zone coverage.com. I have an article coming out about Mackenzie Alexander and slot corners. Vikings have spent a lot on slot corners. What do they do? Um, so a, a little bit more of a scheme thing about what the 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 assignment of a slot corner is. And it's beyond just like covering the third most important receiver. Um, And, and yeah, that's most of what you can find. You can also find me on the Locked On NFL podcast covering the national angle of things every Tuesday. You can find all that stuff wherever you find your favorite shows.
0: Thank you, Luke. It's been a pleasure. And y'all don't forget about us either. Climb the pocket's gonna be going. We ramp up for the draft. So until next time, y'all.